Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Listen, all you New Yorkers. You taxi. Okay, we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC minicast. Let's go to Harvard Law Professor Emeritus, the great constitutional scholar, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, what can be done first? We have a lot of questions to ask you, but first on the migrant issue, uh, what can be done uh, with all of these things? We had the mayor on yesterday. He said, oh, it's because of right to shelter, sanctuary city. Where do you think this stands? Well, first, I learned a new way of winning cases. Thank you. Thank you, Curtis. And yeah. the others, I just... Yes. A new way to win cases. The Supreme Court. If, I, if they think you're going to appeal it. And they... I actually have credibility because I do take cases all the way to the Supreme Court, and I even win some. So uh, that's a good, a good tactic. Look, this is an uncharted area of law. There is no right to sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities are... Acts of civil disobedience, just like the acts of civil disobedience that you're talking about here. They're extra legal. They're like Martin Luther King marching in the South. He didn't say what he was doing was lawful. What he said, what he was doing was morally correct. His letter from the from the jailhouse makes that point very clear. And sanctuary cities aren't legal. You can't defy federal law if you're a state or you're a city and declare that somehow you're immune or exempt from the usual laws relating to illegal immigrants that are in the city and that the federal government has the right to treat, obviously, humanely, but to uh, make sure that they don't uh, abuse their status. So uh, there's a lot that could be done, both through court challenges and through executive action. So let me ask you, Professor Dershowitz, too, while we have you here, big news today. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy came out and said he is directing the committees, the three committees, uh, to launch a formal impeachment inquiry. Uh, what yeah. do you think of that and what does that do? Because everyone is talking about it. Well, everybody should be talking about it. It's the same mistake that the uh, Democrats ma- made when they uh, impeached uh, twice um, President Trump. Because the Constitution is clear. You need to be able to prove treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. McCarthy says, no, I can't do that, but I can show there's a culture of corruption. We'll go back to the debates. In the debates, some people said we ought to be able to impeach a president so it's, it's for just maladministration, a, it's just, and they rejected it. They so, said, no, that's not a basis for impeachment. So it's just a bunch of crap, that uh, political stuff going back and forth. It's tit for tat, going back and forth. But fortunately, I think McCarthy has the common sense to say, we're not going to put it to a vote of the House. Uh, Where previous impeachments were put to a vote of the House before they convened the committee, they didn't do it this time because they know they don't have the votes. There are enough stand-up Republicans who say to themselves, look, we don't like what what Biden's been doing. We don't like what his son has been doing. But you got to find the basis in the Constitution is one of the leaders of the opposition said, if you can show treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors, hey, I'm all for impeachment. But you can't impeach just because 
you don't like the other person and because the other side impeached your guy on non-constitutional grounds. Constitution means the same thing for Democrats and Republicans. And what it means is impeachment is tough as hell. Judge Weinberg, Alan, Richard Weinberg, I think think the significance of having an impeachment inquiry is it gives broader subpoena power because you don't have to show a direct legislative purpose. Isn't that correct? That's right. And that means also if the Biden lawyers want to challenge it, they may have the right to because it gives more power. And if that power has been given without a basis in the Constitution, then maybe it's maybe it's challengeable. It's much better off if they just say, look, we're opening an investigation to see whether it's possible that there are treason, bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Here's the evidence that suggests probable cause. And now we want to see if it can get elevated from probable cause to uh, proof. Uh, but the, the, they, they don't seem to be doing that. They, you know, the, the, although the, uh, Professor Dershowitz, I got to take exception with Comer, you because Comer says, because that is what actually McCarthy just said today. When and McCarthy Comer said the same thing. Yeah, they said, "Listen, we don't know." In fairness, McCarthy was extremely measured, Professor Dershowitz no, today. But he used the term "culture of corruption" instead of saying that we want to look into whether there is treason, bribery, or other high crimes. Comer's talked about although the bribery. He, he did Comer's say, let's bribery, see though. where it goes. And he said, listen, no, you know, at the end of the day, I actually thought he was extremely measured. That's why I thought he Look, seemed he very careful. He was a lot more measured than the Democrats were. They yeah, that's for pretend. sure. They didn't even pretend to have an impeachable offense. They had Adam Schiff and all those other guys getting up there and saying, you know, anything's impeachable. If, if the House votes it, it's impeachable. No, that's not what the Constitution sets out it's and and you know this is part and parcel of what's going on on the other side the 14th amendment they're abusing the constitution on the democrat side trying to disqualify trump on the basis of the fact that he committed insurrection or rebellion that's nonsense as well but you know neither side should be weaponizing the constitution the constitution is a protection for all of us it isn't a partisan document designed to give rights for thee, but not for me, but me or not for thee. It has to be applied equally. And we're losing that. We're losing equality in the name of what's called equity or woke or partisan. And uh, Professor, I agree with you 100 percent. And we have Craig Eaton here for you, Professor. I agree with you, Professor, 100 percent. We should not be weaponizing either Democrats, Republicans or anyone else. But I think there's so much evidence here. There's the laptops, there's emails, there's correspondence. There's so much evidence out there that shows that when he was vice president, there was access given to the office, to his son and his son's business associates. Yeah. We need as a right. country, we need as a country to investigate and explore and have every exactly. opportunity. But it should be a special counsel. And 100%. It be nonpartisan. 100%. You mean like David Weiss? Above, <laughs> no, exactly the opposite. Somebody who's outside of government, somebody who's, we don't even know what side they vote for, who's never made political contributions, um, you know, a former justice of the Supreme Court, Steve Breyer, uh, who knows, somebody else, uh, a former judge or, 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 or a Republican judge, somebody who is above reproach. And are there any left in America? No, I don't know. I used to think. Yeah. Ludic you can, and you can't rely on Merrick Garland to make and that appointment. What happened to him? Merrick Garland, Judge Ludic. Those were people who everybody thought were nonpartisan. By Ludic the way, uh, leading the campaign to try to disqualify. Trump, I remember some was, professor you know, from Harvard about two years ago saying Merrick Garland would make a great Supreme Court justice. He would have oh, been. <laughs> just not a good uh, AG. Where he could have been uh, neutral, but he he was not the right person. 
I thought he would be the right person for AG. Um, has, he, has he violated his uh, ethics? No, I don't think he's violated his ethics. I think he showed bad judgment. The appointment of Weiss showed very bad judgment. Well, um, Professor and Dershowitz, so by the way, uh, yeah. speaking of bad judgment, did you see this uh, today? Um, pro- protesters stormed Kevin McCarthy's office, um, and it was a whole bunch of it's sort of those, these left groups. Um, they were in there. It's for global AIDS relief. They walked into his office, did a sit down on the floor, linking their arms, kind of wow, busted wow. in. How is that not an insurrection? Well, you know, you let, know let's I've, talk about that. Obviously, you the insurrection is in the eye of the beholder. If you're advocating a cause you agree with, then it's a protest. If you're advocating a cause you disagree with, then it's an insurrection. But obviously, sitting in the office of a member of Congress and refusing to leave <clears throat> is a minor crime of course it's only trespassing but people have gone to jail for doing the same thing in the in the uh, washington dc capital invasions i i have a client who just walked into the building invited in and walked out when he was told to walk out and he's facing felony charges and he's not been allowed to get his law degree so Again, one law for everybody. You can't have different rules for Republicans and different rules for Democrats. Alan, Alan, what do you think about some of these sentences that have been meted out? 22 years? Outrageous. For a guy who was not even at the Capitol. That guy wasn't even at the Capitol. No, but but isn't that, uh, in a very broad sense, cruel and unusual punishment, 22 years for that? The problem is Justice Scalia and others wrote opinions saying the length of sentences really not subject to cruel and unusual punishment analysis. Wow. That's for the death penalty. But, you know, you can challenge it under the guidelines. You can challenge it substantively in court. And I think these sentences are outrageous. It's more than for murder. It's more than for rape. Um, And, uh, you know, that's what they would have done in the South if they could have to people like Martin Luther King. So remember, today's villains are tomorrow's heroes and vice versa. So we have to have proportional sentencing. These 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 double digit sentences for this is outrageous, and I hope the courts of appeals will look hard on this. But, you know, so far, the District of Columbia judiciary has not performed very fairly or very well in regard to January 9th, because January 6th, because they think they're victims. Craig, they're, Professor, they're, this, they're is, this is Craig. Craig like victims. I yeah. mean, when you talk about this 22-year sentence, I remember we, we all spoke with you a few weeks ago about all those yeah. videos that came out, all that evidence that came yeah. out. And the potential of the exculpatory evidence that was contained therein. I mean, this yeah. this guy that's got 22 years that he's facing, his attorney should immediately file a motion to have that thrown out based upon all the evidence and the fact that it could be some exculpatory evidence there. Yeah, and there's another ground, too. It's called the trial penalty. Yeah. These guys could all have gotten single-digit and probably low single-digit sentences if they had simply rolled over, cooperated, and turned against their friends and pleaded guilty. but. Because they pleaded not guilty, they get these very, very, very harsh sentences. That's a part of the American, quote, justice system that's also in need of critical review, the trial. Absolutely. Professor Dershowitz, thank you so much for coming on. God bless you. I love being on your show. You too. We love you. Thank you, Professor. And happy birthday again. Yeah. And also, remember, he was the uh, father of the bride recently, too. He's had a busy uh, time. 